It's Saturday, October the 10th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, an Armenia-Azerbaijan ceasefire and Trump's new stimulus offer. First, the week in brief. Armenia and Azerbaijan agreed to a temporary ceasefire. The countries have been fighting bitterly over the region of Nagorno-Karabakh, an ethnic Armenian enclave within Azerbaijan. The Russia-brokered deal will allow for the swapping of prisoners and the retrieval of bodies. More substantive talks will continue, said Russia's foreign minister. Hopes for their success are not particularly high. Covid continued to grip in Europe with 100,000 new cases confirmed in 24 hours, a grim new record. New infections reached more than 5,000 in Italy for the first time since March. In hard-hit Spain, the central government reimposed movement restrictions in and out of Madrid, the capital. France introduced restrictions on bars opening times in four more cities. With the government expected to impose stricter lockdown measures across northern England within days, Britain's Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, revealed a new local furlough scheme for workers in some hospitality venues forced to close in the coming months. The country's main furlough scheme, which covered 9.6 million workers at its height, will be withdrawn at the end of this month. As unrest in Kyrgyzstan continued, Soronbay Jayanbekov, the president, declared a state of emergency mere hours after offering to step down. Protesters supporting rival politicians fought in the streets of Bishkek, the capital. Shots were fired at the car of Almazbek Atambayev, a former president imprisoned for corruption who was released by protesters earlier in the week. The Trump administration offered a $1.8 trillion new stimulus package to congressional Democrats days after the president declared negotiations were over. That figure is higher than one congressional Republicans would support and lower than the $2.2 trillion Democrats have pushed for. Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader of the Senate, suggested a deal was unlikely before the election. EWM Group, the privately held owner of Edinburgh Woolen Mill, Jaeger and Peacocks, three British clothing retailers, said the company is on the brink of administration. If EWM were liquidated, 24,000 jobs could be lost. The firm joins a growing list of bricks-and-mortar retailers struggling to survive the pandemic across the Western world. And World Rugby, Rugby Union's governing body, ruled that fairness and safety cannot presently be assured for women competing against transgender women in contact rugby and banned trans women at the elite and international levels. Their new guidelines do not preclude national unions from flexibility at lower levels, nor do they prevent trans men from competing in men's contact rugby. And now, here's today's agenda. Black British Lives Matter, Mangrove. The London Film Festival opened on Wednesday with a hard-hitting picture from Steve McQueen. The director of the Oscar-winning film Twelve Years a Slave, a historical drama about African-American slavery, has made a new series about black British life, which will be shown on the BBC and on Amazon's streaming service in November. The LFF's pick, Mangrove, recreates the Old Bailey trial of nine activists accused of inciting a riot at a protest against police harassment of the Mangrove restaurant in London in 1970. 
The defendants, including Frank Critchlow, Sean Parks, Althea Jones-Lacoint, Letitia Wright, and Darkus Howe, Malachi Kirby, are stirringly defiant. But Mr McQueen balances anti-establishment anger with a celebration of West Indian Londoners' sense of solidarity and spicy cuisine. Coincidentally, Aaron Sorkin has also made a non-fiction protesters versus police courtroom drama, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Both are set five decades ago, but could hardly be more relevant today. Tools for Insects – How Ants Avoid Drowning Tool-wielding animals include crows, dolphins and monkeys. Ants are among the few invertebrates in this exclusive club. They use soil grains and debris to transport liquid food. And according to research published in Functional Ecology, a journal, this tool use is more sophisticated than thought. Ants can adjust their behaviour to meet ecological challenges. In the lab, black imported fire ants were allowed to feed from containers of sugar water. Honeydew and nectar are important food sources for the insects, but despite their natural buoyancy, they often get stuck and drown. And more ants drowned when researchers reduced the water's surface tension. Amazingly, the ants recognised the heightened risk of drowning and mitigated it by depositing grains of sand on the inside of the containers, gradually building a siphon to draw the water out. Ants, far from being mindless robots, are among nature's most sophisticated tool users. Lighting up the sky, the irresistible rise of K-pop. A decade ago, few in the West had heard of K-pop, but the South Korean musical genre featuring young, photogenic stars, highly synchronised dancing and unbearably catchy tunes has grown into a global behemoth since its inception in the 1990s. A new Netflix documentary explores life as a member of Blackpink, the best-charting K-pop girl band ever. Light Up the Sky, released next Wednesday, follows the quartet in 2019 as they prepare for a performance at Coachella, an American music festival. The pressure is on. It is a first for any Korean ensemble. How do we live up to this hype, their producer frets? Concert reviews afterwards suggest they did. But along with its extraordinary global success, glamour and adulation, K-pop has a darker side. The tightly controlled industry has been criticised for imposing ruthless training regimes and restrictive lifestyles on its stars, and for promoting misogyny. Netflix's fly-on-the-wall access may peel back one more layer of its squeaky-clean facade. Borderlands – Central Asian Art Over the past century, eight statues have been erected and toppled in the central square of Tashkent in modern-day Uzbekistan as political fashions changed. An exhibition of two Central Asian artists, Yerbosin Meldibekov and Almagul Menlebaeva at Aspan Gallery in London, explores how strong men have used symbols to assert national identity. The artworks highlight how arbitrary borders have carved up Central Asia. In doing so, the artists draw on examples from across the region. Ms. Menlebaeva weaves together women's stories from history, rejecting the notion that countries have a single national identity. In one artwork, Persian goddesses flow between the ruins of a Soviet-era gulag in Kazakhstan. Mr. Meldibekov reveals that even the landscape was co-opted. Lenin Peak was one of three names given to a mountain in the Pamir. The exhibition exposes the shameless ways in which autocrats have abused the region's myths, architecture and landscapes. 
The artists reclaim these symbols from the tyrants. Pulling the goat's tail, LeBron goes to the finals. On Sunday, the Los Angeles Lakers have a chance to win the best of seven National Basketball Association finals against the Miami Heat. After five games, they lead 3-2. If the Lakers finish the job, their star player LeBron James and his teammate Danny Green will become two of only four men to win the championships with three different teams. It will also burnish Mr. James's challenge to Michael Jordan as the NBA's brightest shining star. Mr. Jordan leads 6-3 in championships and 5-4 in NBA Most Valuable Player awards. But Mr. James's accolades have come alongside a parallel career as a campaigner for education and social justice. Mr. Jordan, by contrast, has been regularly criticised for remaining silent on politics until recently. Another NBA legend, Magic Johnson, says Mr. James is one of the all-time greatest, but that he needs more championships to be considered the best ever. Mr. James may narrow the gap within days. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Giuseppe Verdi, who was born on this day in 1813. To copy the truth can be a good thing, but to invent the truth is better. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 